What's up, everybody? Welcome. Uh, we are back with another episode of Ask Broman. This is Ask Broman episode 79. Coming up on 100, dude. It's going to happen before you know it. Uh, episode 79. Uh, it is Monday. <laughs> it's Monday, September 24th. Uh, early in the a.m. Um, it's been uh, it's been really cool, man. I feel like we've been I feel like uh, I'm liking the vibe lately doing the podcast. We've been doing it. So if you ever want to get involved in this, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, I, I will tweet or post a story. Uh, I'm I'm at Professor Broman on both those places. I'll tweet or post a story and then you can be like, yo, bro, man, like blah, blah. and you just have to talk and chat. You don't even have to have discord. Uh, you don't even have to get on voice if you're not comfortable. You don't, you, you ain't even half a worry, bro. You ain't even half a worry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so we're going to get right into it. Um, so, uh, buzzer TJ man says, where do you find motivation to press stream? I can't press the button. Everything's ready. I just can't press it. I mean, my basic my basic response to that is push the damn button. You know, um you know, just kind of like your friend is scared to get in the water and you push your friend into the water. Um but <clears throat> I think like honestly you need to figure out what's scaring you about it. <laughs> um you know there there are mornings where I wake up and I I'll look at the go live button and I'm like I don't know if I can do it today. Um, I don't like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have anything in the tank. Um, uh, I'm tired or, you know, I'm stressed about something else um, or whatever. But when I feel like, like, and this is, this is not advice that helps you. This is more insight on, on my half of things. And then I'll get to your stuff in a second. Um, <laughs> But like for, for me, whenever I feel that way, I think about how in, incredibly blessed I am to have the life that I have and to be able to push a button and entertain people on the Internet and have a good time. Um, you know, that's that's kind of my perspective. Uh, I think that coming from a place of gratitude will go a long way. Um, like. Just realizing that like you get a chance every day to like stream like you you get to send your voice your opinions your entertainment your joy like out there into the world um and, like that's an incredible experience like you have a production studio in your house that kind of shit used to cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars and now like you're holding a production studio in your hand or you bought you bought a game console that like haha surprise can live stream. And I think that I think that getting over the fear of of pushing the button to go live or like pushing the button to post like on Instagram or upload on YouTube. Like I, I get the I get the fear. But I think ultimately, like whatever fear you're dealing with, it's really easy to combat it with genuine gratitude for the position that you're in like that you have the ability to post something that you you have an internet connection and you can read and all of that shit dude you know for me that's that's sort of where i get to and and it's it's it gets hard sometimes like you get in a weird negative mental space um and you, like it's hard to get out of and I understand that but I, I think ultimately it, it comes down to for me it's being grateful or realizing that sitting there doing nothing provides me with no progress so I'll either go really positive with myself like you can do it man your life's great or I'll go really negative with myself like you're a fucking piece of shit and you're never going to accomplish any of your fucking goals unless you work hard and right now you're just being a lazy cunt <laughs> So like, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of how I treat myself and work through it uh, personally. Um, I don't necessarily think that's the best way, but it is a way <laughs> for sure. 
Um, Jez asks, how do you take a stream from an average of 100 viewers to an average of 500 viewers? Um, this is a really uh, pointed growth question, right? Like, so this is, if you have an established community of people who are tuning in that you already have an asset that's kind of really hard to come by in the live streaming space. And that's a, a pretty solid concurrent audience. Um, and so kind of breaking through that glass ceiling in my experience on Twitch, there's a few kind of hard stop ceilings for viewer numbers. It, it seems to me, or it has seemed to me that, uh, these these hard stop viewer numbers seem to be around like 100, 500, 1,000, 3,000, 5,000, and 10,000. Um, those seem to be like places where you really need to focus in and sort of reinvent or refocus in order to continue growing. Um, it's improving your craft. So... Um, I think the first thing that I always start with when it comes to like, okay, I want to make a push. <sighs> you know, I really want to try and grow this. I think you have to look at the, the tools, like the setup that you have currently for your, uh, for your stream like how do i how do i approach viewer interaction how do i approach content production and how do i approach um very specifically how do i approach schedule um schedule plays a huge part in growth on uh on on twitch if you go back to our old streaming 101 episodes and uh check out the one we did with with co carnage and um and uh, things you'll you'll kind of you get you get some really interesting insights. You know, Co made sure that he was online every day by eight eight a.m. Eastern because that's when most of the world is waking up and getting online. Um, so that's when the East Coast people are getting ready to get into work. So he's already been online for an hour by the time people hit work and tune in. And then there's just continuous waves of that all the way up until noon, which is when he takes his break, and then he comes back an hour later. Um, so like approaching schedule and finding out like, what game do I want to stream? Who else is streaming that game? And when is the optimal time, uh, for me to sort of, you know, make my beachfront to try and grow. I think that that's really, really important. Um, so those are the practical things, the more ethereal things like, uh, I think that networking and playing with, uh, with folks that are bigger than yourself or of equivalent size so that people can tune in and get to know what you're about from, from another perspective. Um, you know, that's why I really like playing with the crew that I play with frequently because we make great content together. And I think finding other folks that you can make great content with is equivalently important to your growth because if you're constantly making good shit everybody's gonna tune in and be like hey when is the next whatever the hell when's the next raid night when's the next uh trials ticket like you know when's the like those are things from my past with destiny that people have always been incredibly concerned with um you know those are the kind of questions they're asking i think Finding your own rituals for your stream is incredibly important too. And working with other content creators is part of that. Um, but the precedence when it comes to working with other creators is you have to find people who you make good content with. Un and unfortunately, a lot of people just try to find content creators that have big numbers, which is really interesting, by the way, just some commentary on that. Um, content creators want to be uh, streamers in particular say they want to be taken seriously no matter what size they are but when it comes to their personal networking efforts it appears that they don't practice what they preach and when it comes to 
streaming with people, uh, it becomes very much about making sure who I'm streaming with is the biggest streamer in the room <laughs> instead of who I mesh with the best. So take that with a grain of salt if you want, but I think that it's incredibly important to, you know, to practice what you preach and to make sure that, you know, if you want, uh, if you want big companies to work with you, then you're going to have to, you know, like if you, regardless of your size, like you should definitely eat your own dog food. You know what I'm saying? How do you get your podcast on like iTunes? Is there a submission page? I like this question. It's really practical. Uh, you get your podcast on iTunes or, or anywhere by finding a, a website that feeds into it. Um, I use Simplecast for all my stuff. Uh, Simplecast is really great. <laughs> um, you know, and they just add distribution to uh, Spotify as well. But if you, you know, don't want to pay for that sort of membership you don't have to um you can use a program called anchor i love anchor uh you can use it on your iphone you can use it on desktop obviously you can do traditional uploads there if you want but uh it is hands down one of the uh one of the best like handiest ways to get your podcast out there for free you can literally just talk into your phone and then you have a podcast um, and they take care of everything else for you. You know. Any thought to a legal Zoom type of service to help creators avoid being taken advantage of? Um, that's outside of my areas of expertise. That's outside of my area of expertise. But um, the my management company, uh, OPG Online Performers Group, who I hired, um, they are really dedicated to preventing content creators from being taken advantage of. Uh, that is a, a big passion that they have. Um, you know, Omid and Jen and everyone at OPG has been incredibly focused on making sure their clients get good deals and don't sign bad deals. And they try to sort of expose the more negative elements of people who are, you know, operating in the streaming space and trying <laughs> to take advantage of, of broadcasters and, and people who just don't know better. Um, one of the most recent things they rolled out was uh, debt collection, which sounds like the least sexy thing in the entire universe. But, uh, you know, the amount of uncollected money from work that has been done in the streaming space is actually kind of uh, shocking to me. The. Like there are on average, you know, even with me, like I've had people pay 90 days, three months, half a year late on, uh, on, on, con on contractual obligations. Like I've completely fulfilled, you know, months ago. And that's, uh, unfortunately, like that's kind of like the devil in the room when it comes to sponsored deals. Like it's not hard to get fucked. Um, so I think that, you know, larger companies, Companies that have, you know, the interest of broadcasters and obviously their own interest, right? Because management companies don't get paid if their content creators don't get paid. Um, we're kind of working together to sort of suss out the companies that treat creators like crap is important. Um, I know they also will review any contract that you have for, you know, they'll look at it for free to make sure there's not weird stuff, uh, and I know that you're thinking like, oh, weird stuff in a contract. That's not normal. It's super fucking normal. Um, <laughs> there was a contract that was sent to me that would have given the uh, the people I was signing the contract with for like some small deal 
rights to all content produced on any of my social media channels in perpetuity throughout the existence of the universe um, on any current and future social media platforms. Um, so that kind of bullshit is out there. Um, and that, and the scary thing is that particular clause, like that line of reasoning, I've seen that, or that has come up in, in more than just one contract. Um, you know, so, and, and in reality, like most of these companies, like, no, they're not going to try and enact that clause or whatever but the problem is they could if they wanted to um you know they they absolutely could you know come up to you in 5 years and say oh that's a really awesome youtube video that you just made we would like to use it to sell this product and you don't have a say in it because you already signed away the rights to all of your content to us. Um, so that is, <laughs> uh, you know, that like that's the sort of issue or error that you can run into there. So I, I think that there are companies in the space that are sort of trying to operate in the best interest of the, you know, creators. And I think supporting companies that are doing that and supporting agencies that are, getting people fair deals and things like that's incredibly important. Um, you know, there are companies that represent content creators in the space that double charge you. Um, you know, let's say they have a hundred thousand dollar activation that they quote a game developer and, uh, they, they tell the game developer, um, uh, you know, they tell the game developer, it's going to be a hundred thousand dollars to work with this content creator. And our fee is 20%. And uh, at the same time, they'll say to uh, at the same time they'll say to the content creator, "Well, you know our fee is twenty percent." So this company is getting paid twice, getting paid on both ends of the deal. So the the company makes out with forty thousand of those dollars um, for brokering the deal. Uh, so there's a lot of really shady shit that goes on um, in the influencer space. And I I don't ever, you know, people can do business the way they want, but I think that when business practices like that get exposed <laughs> to the light of day, people tend to think it's kind of shitty. Um, so there's just, you know, a lot of issues that can arise from, uh, from brand deals and working with the different organizations. And it's really really easy as a content creator to get screwed so my suggestion is always read your contracts or have somebody who can read your contracts so that you don't get screwed because it is not hard uh, it's not hard to get fucked over <laughs> it really isn't um what else we have going on here do I have any brand deal horror stories? Um, man, do I? <sighs> trying to remember. Um, I don't really have any horror stories. I, I've always tended to have enough presence of mind to walk away from a deal if it seemed kind of uh, fuzzy or shitty. Most the 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 nastiest brand deal that I'm aware of, and um, I can talk about it because uh, <laughs> this interaction was made very public due to the behavior of a developer. Um, one of my friends streamed a game and they didn't like it. Uh, and then the developer went on uh, PC Magazine and trash talked my friend indirectly. Um, said that they didn't, uh, this, they said this person didn't like the game because they played it like a moron. And then they proceeded to lie about how much this person was paid. Um, that got picked up by Total Biscuit, who was tweeting about it. And it turned into this giant shit show. Um, 
you know, when you're signing deals with people, it's kind of tough because you never know how they're going to react. Um, and especially in the gaming space, when it comes to doing sponsored streams, there might be expectations that people have of your content. Um, this particular developer also did not like the fact that my friend disclosed he was doing a sponsor stream, which is legally required by the government. Um, so I think it's, it's always important to make sure that you set appropriate expectations with whomever it is that you're going to be doing work for. Um, you need to let them know, like, you know, this is what you're buying. This is what you're paying for. This is what I'm going to do and how I have to do it legally. Um, no fish showed up here, chat. Um, and if, and like, I've, uh, after that, I guess, whole situation went down and, you know, I was privy to watching all that happen. Um, I've made sure that whenever I have a meeting with somebody who's interested in doing some sponsored work, that I, I try to have the expectations convo really early. Like, okay, so like, if this is happening, this is what you're gonna get. Um, and like, what are your goals with this? Uh, because I find streaming is, uh, like streaming is, is, it's a great awareness play, obviously, but for people who are looking for like direct ROI, like if you're paying a broadcaster, um, you know, to talk about your product once or twice, you know, you're you're probably not gonna sell 10 million fucking units. I'm not saying that it's like a bad investment or anything like that. I just think that everybody needs, you need to have expectations about how advertising works on Twitch. Um, and you have to find a, you have to find a broadcaster that's a great fit. Um, you can't just throw money at anybody and say hey stream my game and then expect just because somebody has 20,000 viewers everyone every one of those 20,000 people is going to buy the game at best those 20,000 people will know your game know your game exists um you know so it's <laughs> this is a long conversation but streaming's a lot like the wild west i think everyone's still sort of learning uh best practices and um what kind of marketing Twitch is best for. Um, it's obviously performed metrically in, you know, it, it's got an insane ROI for all sorts of games. Like, uh, what was that zombie survival game? I'm trying to remember. Ko was playing it. Even I played it. Everyone loved it. It was like an over the top. It was a, it was like a permadeath zombie survival game. Um, and it was, it was hella fun. And solely and almost solely because of Twitch, that game from an indie developer sold about a million copies because everyone fell in love with it on Twitch. You know, there are absolutely stories like that. And then there's stories of people who tried to sell shit on Twitch that they probably shouldn't be selling on Twitch and they didn't get what they wanted. And then they go get upset about it. <laughs> um, no Man's Sky is an example of a game that owes a lot to streamers. I think so. Um, you know, there, there are absolutely franchises that have been, uh, buoyed up and sustained by Twitch activity. Binding of Isaac comes to mind. Um, uh, Graveyard Keeper is a great example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Finding of Isaac's actually a fantastic example. Um, you know, seeing people excel and I mean, they had like a Binding of Isaac League and like all this other stuff. Um, and that really, you know, helped that the game Graveyard Keepers was huge as well. Um, yeah, so like finding a game that really connects with, you know, the right broadcaster, the right game and all that stuff is important. Uh, holy cow, man. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, I woke up real early today <laughs> to try and work out, and I, I'm just dragging my ass, dude. It's tough going for old Broman. I'm trying to catch these fish, dude. Um, 
All right, let's see what else we got here. What is the stuff above my camera? That's social information and a subtrain timer. <laughs> that don't make no sense. I'm listening to this fucking podcast. I can't see it. I know. I'm sorry, but I had to answer the question. Um, how does it feel setting up Guardian Con and other community events? I mean, it's very rewarding. Uh, it also feels incredibly exhausting and personally draining. Um. I think that if you're looking to get into doing charity work, you need to realize that you should do it because you're incredibly passionate about the charity because no one will appreciate the amount of work that you put in to make that happen. Um, everyone will devalue your work and tell you you should have tried harder. Um, but a scant few to zero people are going to say, wow, great job. Um, or even, even be able to understand the concept of how much time you had to put in to make that that kind of stuff happen. Um, you know, when I when we started doing Guardian Con, I was really proud of it, and I was like, man, I'm so proud of myself. I bet other people are proud of me too. Um, and uh, you know, I was hoping that, you know, I was hoping it would do good things for my ego, or like you know, people would have a higher opinion of me. Uh, and then you know. After Guardian Con got started and, you know, we raised our first half a million dollars for charity that went directly to St. Jude. Um, uh, everyone accused me and the other founders of the event of stealing all the money and buying a house with it. Uh, and that and, and that became the narrative behind what we were doing uh, on social media. So you have to make sure when you're doing anything um you know, for charity and community stuff that you're doing it because you're passionate about the charity. If you're doing it for accolades, um, if you're doing it for the accolades, then it's not going to go anywhere for you. Um, if you're looking to set up community events and charity events, you need to expect that it's going to be ball busting work. If you want it to be successful, you're going to have to sacrifice a disproportionate amount of your time. You have to treat it like a business and you have to realize that you will get no money out of it. Um, it is a massive sacrifice and I'm not going to bullshit you and act like uh, it's all sunshine rainbows and, and it's like the universe is sucking your dick because it's not like that at all. Um, I'm very proud of the work that we've done with Guardian Con and how much money we've raised for St. Jude. Um, but I think that's the obvious shit that people see. What I want people to see when we have this conversation is that it's fucking brutal. Um, and it is a lot of sacrifice that you're going to have to make when it comes to setting up community events. And the ROI for you is not going to be in dollars and cents. And uh, I see a lot of people that get involved with charity stuff trying to get that ROI. Oh, if I'm involved in this charity stream, more people will watch my channel. Um, I need to be on the main roster of this charity marathon because it's going to make me money in the long run. Um, and I've gotten pretty good at sniffing those people out and I try and keep them out of the uh, experience for Guardian Con. But you know, if you're looking to set up community events and charity events, you need to be ready for it to destroy your life, basically. And you need to say, I'm okay with it because it's for a good cause. Um... It's for a good cause. Whew. Oh, this is a fun one. I haven't I haven't answered this question on uh, on the podcast. Bro man, I haven't been here in a while. Do you not play Destiny anymore? Every day. <laughs> But I actually want to make a point about this. Um, if you're a broadcaster, it's really easy to forget that there's hundreds, thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people that are tuning in at all sorts of different times to your content. And, uh, if, you know, if they haven't been in there, if they haven't been around for like three months and the first time that they come back, you're doing something they don't expect. 
They might ask a silly question that makes no sense to you. But the best decision is to be kind and answer it frankly. Or if you're fed up and you can't handle it anymore, I make jokes. <laughs> I make jokes. Um, <laughs> humor is a great, a great deflection mechanism. Um, <sighs> Bro, when I started streaming for fun and to do let's plays, uh, my friends, let's plays for games my friends couldn't afford. Okay. Nice. Altruistic. My channel started growing a bit, and I figured I at least wanted to make a little money on the side from it. How do I get into a goals mindset when I stream for fun? Stop trying to make money. It's too early to make money. Here's the thing with Twitch. Or anything. Um, especially in the beginning stages, the earlier you monetize your channel, the more you stunt your growth. I think the affiliate program on Twitch was a massive fucking mistake uh, and a really obvious cash grab by, um, you know, Amazon to try and make their platform they purchase profitable, which I can't blame them for. But the idea that you should be making any money at all with three viewers on your channel is a little bit fucking ridiculous. Um, and people get really offended by that on Twitch, but why the fuck should you, like, that's like saying you should be making money with three viewers on every single one of your YouTube videos. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, unfortunately, this change has brought about this sort of psychological underpinning that I got affiliate, so now I should start setting sub goals, when in reality, I don't think you should be caring uh, I mean, you should appreciate people who subscribe to you, obviously, but I think that ultimately what's going to matter the most is making sure that your focus is on making great content and monetization comes second for a very long time. Um, for me, you know, and I've told this story, ouch, my neck just cramped up. That's nice. Um, I've told the story a lot on stream, but I made it impossible for people to support my channel in any other way than promoting it to their friends. Uh, when I started streaming intentionally, because I knew the second that somebody spent a dollar on my channel, they would feel like their obligation to me socially was complete. Um, and obviously as you grow, like you have to keep giving more than you have to give more value than people are getting out of your channel in order to continue to grow or to continue to monetize or whatever. One of the reasons why we have this podcast and, you know, I do as much as I possibly can to give back to my community. Um, um, you know, because that's providing value, you know, it became really difficult once I was, you know, making a full-time salary on Twitch to like, how do I give back more than what I'm getting? And the answer to me came really obvious with when I started doing this podcast, everybody here provided me with a career. So I should provide anyone who watches me that wants to do this career, a pathway to that. That's how I provide value. And no one else on the platform is doing this. Nobody. Still, which after a year of making this podcast happen is actually really fucking frustrating. Um, <laughs> Bro, man, you should have a this is what you need to know about streaming seminar. Hi, this is the Ask Broman podcast. It's exactly what you're suggesting. Um, <laughs> so what is considered monetization? To me, it is anytime someone is giving you money 
for your content, period. That includes tips, that includes merch sales, that includes subs, that includes bits, everything. Um, I think the longer you can hold off on taking money into your hands from streaming, the more your channel, the quicker your channel will grow. It's just like operating a small business. I have, uh, me, Corey, and Kevin have made zero dollars and zero cents from Kings Coast Coffee Company because it is a small business and all of our potential profits get reinvested. Could we be taking a salaried paycheck? Absolutely. Would that slow down our growth? Absolutely. Um, so we don't do it. Uh, Spar Batten. Oh, I'm going to streaming mode. People are subbing and I'm trying to read subs, but audio podcast focus. Um, <laughs> how do you keep yourself going? Uh, when you start streaming, you don't have as many viewers realize that I'm streaming for fun. And if I'm streaming so that people will pay attention to me, um, I've already fucked up my motivation. I shouldn't be streaming so that people can pay attention to me. I should be streaming to give people a attention. To give other people value. And, you know, when you don't have a lot of viewers, it's just an opportunity to connect with the people who are there at greater depth. And ultimately, it needs to be about you having fun. I think that the def one of the defining moments in your career as a broadcaster is that if no one is watching you and you still can't get enough of broadcasting, then it's the right thing for you. If no one is watching you and you fucking hate it and it sucks and you want to quit and you're mad, you should probably try something else because you do not love what streaming is as a, as a form of entertainment. Um, I think that a lot of, and we've had this conversation so many times on the podcast, but I think a lot of people Look at streaming on Twitch as a work vacation, like daydreaming about being a rock star or a movie star. And the the raw reality of what streaming is, is lost on people. Um, the reason every broadcaster you see on Twitch that has a you know full-time career streaming or every YouTuber you see that has a full-time career being a YouTuber is because they fucking love what they do whether or not it makes them money and because of that they will outwork and out hustle anyone else that's just trying to put in the hours so you have to make like if it's bothering you that you don't have a lot of viewers you either need to adjust your perspective and realize like I'm I'm not I'm here to provide entertainment I'm not here to get adoration and to have a hole filled in my life um, you know, you either need to adjust your perspective or realize that like maybe streaming's not for you. Um, because honestly, I think there are a shit ass ton of people, especially the 12 to 18 year old age range. Uh, 70% of kids want to be YouTubers, Twitch streamers, or Instagrammers. I'll be real with you. There's no way 70% of them are fit to, to do the job. <laughs> they want to do it because it seems easy and fun. And it, in reality, it's opposite. Um, you know, you need to realize that, especially if you're streaming or you're starting out or you're thinking about it, you need to have like a good conversation with yourself and say, is this a dream? Am I daydreaming this? Or, like, am I dead-ass serious and do I love it? Like, I thought that I wanted to be in a band. I learned how to play the bass guitar, and then I got really fucking bored. And I didn't want to practice. You know? That's fine. <laughs> it's a, that is a 100% normal reaction. Um...
so I, you know, and that's not, I'm not telling you this to bemoan my profession. I want you to wake up and have a real conversation with yourself if you're just starting streaming. And and listen, this conversation does not apply if you're streaming as, as a hobby just for fun. If you're streaming as a hobby and it's just for fun and it's your side hustle and you don't give a shit, uh, it's just free extra spending money, uh, fucking monetize away. Put up a sub goal, do whatever the fuck you want. Um, but if you're taking it seriously as your career, uh, you have to approach it that way. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for the answer. I can follow up a little bit. I don't really uh, intend to set sub goals because you're right. I don't want to ask for money when I have 10 viewers. So should I avoid getting affiliated until I grow more? I don't know. That's your decision. I think that it would be incredibly interesting to see what would happen if somebody decided not to apply for affiliate ever and just waited until they got partnered. Um, that would be an interesting social experiment to me. Um, <clears throat> but ultimately, that's your decision. You need to think about it and make the call yourself. So, uh, Roman, are you saying to have a job before streaming and grind for viewers, and if it doesn't work out, you have a fallback? If you quit your job because you decided you're going to be a full-time streamer or YouTuber, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> you're, you are a fucking idiot. I really don't know any other way to put it. Uh, and I refuse to be kind about it because I'm not going to let people ruin their lives chasing a pipe dream I worked full-time and streamed full-time for a while um we had Smashly on this podcast a few episodes ago and I highly recommend you listen to that one she worked full-time and streamed full-time for three consecutive years until she felt comfortable quitting her job to stream um if you think you can just start streaming and make enough money to pay your bills and have it be your your job, you're you're you are making a goddamn mistake. Um you know, I still live in a moderate amount of fear every day that if I don't wake up and grind, I will become irrelevant and I will lose my position to do this job every single day. And that's where I'm at. You know, almost 700,000 followers. I've been doing this for full full time for over five years. And I still have that fear. It's incredibly, it is incredibly naive to assume that you can just start streaming and make your money. So yes, you should absolutely have a job and keep that job until streaming has replaced all income from your other job for a few months and then maybe think about quitting. That is the safest way to do it. Who was it that streamed and worked full-time for three years? Her name is Smashly. She was on the podcast. She was on episode uh, 76. If you want to go check that out, I highly recommend listening to that. Uh, she is incredible and a very hard worker. Um, You know, you got to, you just, you have to put in, have to put in the time. You have to be patient. Um, I have to be patient. Um, so Jez asked what viewer size. Oh, he asked again, what viewer size should you start running ads in on your opinion? I have, since I had the capability to do so, I have run ads on Twitch. Um, Twitch is a live platform and because it's live, that means you're going to have to do things like take a shit, eat food, go drink water, stand up and stretch so you don't die. Um, walk away from the, the, the walk away from your monitors so you don't go blind like normal human things. And during those moments, 
that's when I chose to run ads. I think it's fair. I think that anyone who's going to be a dick nozzle about you running advertisements when you're taking a shit is not the kind of person you want in your community in the first place. Um, but you know, when I started streaming and, and I had, you know, I had the ability to run ads, I would run ads to 50 people. Um, and I would do it consistently every single day and it would pay for my groceries one week. Uh, I think that uh, people, <laughs> people make this logical fallacy of, well, it's not a lot of money, so I'll walk away from it. Well, that's stupid as shit, especially when it's free. Um, you know, if you can make $2 every time you stand up and take a shit, why wouldn't you do that? Um, oh, shit. Sorry, Dad. Oh, no, Jez, please. So, like, honestly, I think the second you have the ability to run advertisements, like, you, you that is... You know, and you don't get the ability to run ads until your partner, I'm fairly sure. Um, but, you know, like, unlike other forms of support, I feel like ads are native to the platform. And it's fine. Uh, have you, I found, uh, that I took affiliate too soon. How would I go about getting unaffiliated so I can, uh, so I can focus on my content? I don't know if you can, but you're still driving the ship. So you can tell people, I don't want you to sub. I want you to tell five people about my stream. See, you're still in control. Um, Uh, let's say someone wanted to make a career on Twitch or YouTube. Where should they put in more effort? Um, you should stream on Mixer or Facebook gaming, and you should ignore YouTube and Twitch entirely. If you wanted to pick only one thing. Um, Facebook gaming and Mixer are sleeping giants and also fantastic ways to grow your community. Uh, it's easier to get noticed there than it is on Twitch. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, you could start streaming right now on Mixer, make it into the top 1,000 broadcasters there, and if Mixer ever becomes the size of Twitch, you've just secured a full-time job for yourself simply because you were willing to take a little bit of a risk on the startup side, which, by the way, everyone on Twitch did. I did. Six years ago, everyone was like, why the fuck are you streaming on Twitch? Why don't you just make YouTube videos like everyone else? And I was like, because everyone else is making YouTube videos and no one's streaming on Twitch. Okay, uh, Ballas has a very long question. <clears throat> I kind of streamed every so often when I felt the urge to on and off, but recently I am wanting to start streaming more. Much more of a hobby considering I only have around 8 viewers. What would you suggest in terms of whether or not I stream variety games or stick to a single game? Which do you think is better for an early streamer? And how do you think I should go about promoting and getting my channel name out there this early? 1. Stream whatever you fucking want. Stream what you have the best time playing because that's going to provide the best content. That's what matters. Um, statistically, it is easier to grow if you focus on one game, harder to diversify if you do, which creates a massive vulnerability. Um, streaming variety means you're going to grow slower, but your viewers will be more concrete. Again, balls in your court. Um, and as far as promoting and getting your channel name out there, you should dedicate... A set amount of time every single day to go into every single channel that you like and enjoy and become an important part of that community in chat so that people start to recognize your name and when they find out that you stream, they're like, oh shit, I like that guy. Um, You know, takes time. 
And I think that aspect, the aspect of being involved in, in a community before you start streaming is more important than ever to growing as an early broadcaster because there are people who just recently started streaming that have been like mainstay uh, people, you know, that I have known and seen in my chat room all the time. And when I see them streaming, I go, oh shit, I'm going to go check them out or I'll send them a raid. Um, but I wouldn't do that for somebody who I've never seen before. What are your thoughts on Twitch competitors? Um, I think that Mixer and Facebook Gaming are the best competitors that Twitch have right now. Twitch has right now. And uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Would you consider multi-streaming to multiple platforms? No. That breaks my contract. <laughs> uh, Twitch has an exclusivity contract for all live gaming. Um, for all live gaming content. Which means that if I were to stream somewhere else, I'd be in violation of my contract. And I would risk my entire career. So pass. Hard super mega pass. Super ultra hard mega pass. I know you suggested Mixer. If you're close to affiliate, would you suggest changing before hitting affiliate? Here's a... We haven't had this conversation on the stream for a while. Why... My question about that is, why would you stay on a platform that is harder for you to get noticed on, harder for you to grow on, and harder for you to monetize just because you have the tiniest footprint there? I average five viewers a day on Twitch. Neat. That is, in my mind, that is not enough of a reason to stay on Twitch. Because there are, you could go stream on Mixer or on Facebook and get 10 to 50 times that viewership playing the exact same fucking game because it's not as saturated. Um, you know, I think people, uh, I, there's like this prestige of, oh, I'm a successful Twitch streamer. Like that somehow fucking matters more. What matters is you get to live your dream and play video games for a living or live stream for a living or make YouTube content for a living post on Instagram for a living. That's what fucking matters. What platform you're on to make that happen fucking does not. Is that specifically part of your contract? Okay, so um, I'm sure if you listen to the podcast, you're familiar, you'll, you'll hear this comment. So-and-so streams to YouTube and Twitch at the same time. So-and-so has a special provisional contract that allows them to do that. So either... They are an MCM, which has a special contract with Twitch, or they are an individual that had a massive YouTube following that Twitch just wants on their platform, so Twitch makes massive exceptions. Um, so yes, if you have a very, very large following to begin with, Twitch will make exceptions for you because they want you on the platform. The standard agreement is different. Is the money the same as on Mixer as Twitch? That doesn't matter. Say it one more time for the people in the back. That doesn't matter. That doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I get heated when people start talking about money when they're getting started in their career. If you give a fuck shit about doing this as a job, um, the amount of income you can make at this second on either platform doesn't matter. <laughs> um, when I started streaming on Twitch, it was impossible to make money on Twitch. Very few people were partnered and it was a pipe dream. Um, 
I really think that I really think that if you're again if you're starting as a broadcaster and you're like it's easier for me to make money on Twitch it's also easy it, there's so many easier ways to make money than live streaming or making YouTube content um if you really need money you shouldn't be streaming to get it um because it's a long slow path um you know if you really need money uh, like Gary V's got a bunch of great videos I would recommend watching all of them the basic premise go on Craigslist find shit people are giving away on Craigslist for free pick it up sell it somewhere else there's your money um Your play, your play as a broadcaster starting out should be to get as many eyeballs on your content as possible. And it's easier to get eyeballs on your content on Facebook and Mixer than it is on Twitch. Bottom line. Is money one of the most asked questions you get? Yeah, it is. Um, I think that people are incredibly focused on... Well, and again, like that's why we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, and I think this is a great point to reiterate. People look at Twitch as escapism. It's escapism. I wish that I had this job because my job sucks, and I want to daydream about how much money I could make here without the consideration of the work and the time and all of this other stuff. Um, you know, they see, they see CNBC articles that say X streamer makes $5 million a year streaming. Um, you know, they see their favorite broadcaster post their new house or their new car or their new shoes or whatever on you know social media and they think damn so and so is getting paid I want to get paid it's got to be easy right um I think that while I understand the I want to while I understand the intrigue and interest in knowing like I want to know what the potential ceiling is you know what that is now. The information about how much money you can make on Twitch or on YouTube or via Instagram is everywhere. It's everywhere. So you know how much money you can make on Twitch. Uh, you know how much money you can make on YouTube. The bottom line is, is are you willing to put in the work to make it happen? I mean, yeah, and if you want to talk about Ninja, which is everybody's favorite subject, Ninja has been gaming in a professional sense for a decade and he blew up last year um yeah a decade um So it takes time, man. I I think that the money the money part of the equation should be the last thing that you think about when you're starting. Um and it should continually be in my opinion towards the bottom 
of your priorities list when it comes to making your content. Um, because if you're making content tailored specifically to generate income for yourself, it probably is not going to be providing as much value for your, your viewers. Um, That's what matters, dude. Do you ever worry that gaming will just feel like a job to you? Um, this is a great question to end on. Uh, yes, and it does. I love what I do every single day, but the reality uh, is when you have a hobby and it becomes your career, it will feel like a job. You're going to have days where you're going to wake up and you're not going to want to play a video game or stream or make a YouTube video. And just like every other job on the fucking planet, whether you're a goddamn movie star or a musician, a senator, a fucking McDonald's cook, you're going to have days where you wake up and you're like, fuck this job. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I, I whatever and your passion for what you do is what's going to propel you through that you know um your passion for what you do is what drives you through that like for me I don't really have a lot of days like that, but I would be lying if I said like it never happened. Like, you know, I I don't just stream like we have Kings Coast, so I run that and Guardian Con and I run the charity side of that. And if I'm exhausted from doing all that other shit, playing a video game feels really exhausting because I want to lay on the couch and sleep, but like there's work to do and I would regret my life so much if I I just gave up. So I never do. I never do. The last thing I want to do is look back in 10 years and regret not taking a chance on something. You know. That's that's I mean, that's a big thing for me. I've I've missed quite a few opportunities in my life because I just wasn't willing to take the risk. And uh, not anymore, man. Not not anymore. <laughs> so as a as a way to wrap it all up, because <clears throat> we had so many different kind of rabbit trailing conversations today. If you're looking at starting streaming, you need to go somewhere where it's easy for you to get attention, put in hard work and time, and worry about money last, and providing great, valuable content first. And while you're doing that, build a network of people that you like to make content with, um, and grow together with them without being selfish. There you go. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I hope it has found you well. I hope you got some good information out of it. Um, love doing these. Uh, make sure to leave a rating, uh, subscribe, all that good stuff, to the podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Peace. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for taking time to tune in to the Broman podcast. Uh, wanted to give a quick shout out to one of the people that make these uh, this podcast possible with their software and also 
you know, wonderful uh, sponsors of the stream, or <laughs> not the stream, the podcast, uh, Discord. Uh, you know we talk about doing everything in Discord all the time. Uh, Discord is the core location if you want to communicate with me or get involved with Ask uh, Broman. So I highly recommend checking it out, especially if you're in a podcast aficionado or you're recording your own. It's a great way to get multiple people on the same wavelength. Um, if you want to join our Discord, it's discord.gg slash broman, or you can check out their website and get your own server started today. It's free. Peace.